you know, when it comes to uh, biohacking or trying to improve your health or doing anything really, if you don't know your blueprint, you're walking in a city without a blueprint, you know, without a map. Yeah. It, that's that's how I see it. You know, you're trying to build a house without a blueprint. You're trying to like refurn, you know, you're trying to decorate without a blueprint or whatever. You know, you're you're trying to get somewhere without a map. That's really what it is. It's a map. Here's the map of your body. Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Welcome to the Body Mind Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Seam Lund, and our guest today is Joe Cohen. Joe is the founder and CEO of Self Hacked, which is one of the most popular biohacking websites online. He's also founder Self Decode, which is a genetics decoding company. With Self Decode, you now have access to deep knowledge about your genetics and uniqueness. It's an invaluable tool for anyone wanting to custom tailor their diet, exercise, supplementation, and self care. You can get personalized health recommendations based on your DNA and the latest scientific research. They have numerous different DNA reports for different areas of focus like weight loss, longevity, gastrointestinal health, cognition, and even COVID-19. I personally love Self-Decode and I advise everyone to get it. You can get a 10% discount with the code SEAM at get.selfdecode.com forward slash SEAM. Get.selfdecode.com forward slash SEAM and use the code SEAM for a 10% discount on your personalized DNA reports. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm <laughs> glad to have you on the show. And uh, like uh, you have like one of the top websites when it comes to health and the biohacking information in the, on, on, online. So uh, called selfhacked.com. So how did you like end up creating this sort of a blog and uh, kind of making a business out of it? So I had to, um, I went through my own health journey where, you know, like many people in the health world they had issues and they try to get help from a more conventional source like just going to doctors uh, and I wasn't able to get any help so I decided I needed to basically figure out my own body I did a lot of biomedical research a lot of reading and after some time you know after so I you know I I was reading other blogs and I didn't really uh, you know, it just seemed like all the websites out there were not giving, they were not either thorough or comprehensive or they were not, uh, you know, they, they were not very scientific. So uh, when I was searching for information for myself, I felt there was something missing in the blogosphere. And, uh, but I couldn't start a blog. I only started it two years after I bought the domain. So I knew I wanted to start it and then I still had my own issues that, you know, when I had my health issues, it was gonna to be too hard to start a, you know, a business or a company essentially or a website. And so I knew I couldn't uh, do it at that point, but you know, I kind of knew I wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, after a couple of years of biohacking and, you know, trying out a lot of things, reading a lot, I was able to make a lot of progress and you know and then i was uh you know i i fixed all my issues like fatigue insomnia uh mood issues gut problems hmm. you know um brain fog uh just a whole list of issues and then that's so once i fixed my issues i started to blog about it personally and then later on i started to hire writers um and then in 2015, 2016, 
I started to realize that, you know, the kind of old method of blogging was getting outdated, even with mm. the, you know, even the comprehensive posts. And the reason is because I get a lot of people saying like, you know, all this information is very nice, but how does it apply to me? Right. right. Um, and so there's, there's always going to be a, a use for information that, you know, that information is always a good thing. Right. Hmm. Uh, but they're also, which is why we're still, you know, we still have self-hack and still has a use for uh, providing information, but they, uh, you know, we started self-decode. I started self-decode in order to get the personalized information that basically I want to take biohacking to the next level. Hmm. Whereas instead of just, you know, looking uh, just reading generic information, which can be very helpful and still very helpful. I'm not saying not. You know, I, I still read uh, just, you know, I'll read uh, different kinds of information. Um, but I think that, you know, we're basically missing this whole area, which is personalized information based on individual. And historically, people have done that through, you know, going to a doctor, getting tests and whatnot. And now, the genetics revolution has hit. We don't really see, we haven't been seeing people really using their genetics for biohacking until very recently. And that's essentially what we're trying to do. We're trying to uh, give people the tools that they can look at their genetic data and use that to get better biohacks, much more relevant biohacks, much more targeted biohacks uh, for whatever topic they're interested in. Hmm. right so yeah. we have cognitive performance we have longevity we have mood we have sleep you know all the things that people want to biohack and also covid so i changed up my regimen as a result of covid for some time mm -hmm. um and it's just something that you know if you're in a high risk situation for covid you know if there's a lot let's say if you're in new york or in the u.s or in countries that you know are, are lax about it I think it's it's important, especially even not COVID. I think in the winter, you know, having a protocol that's like an anti-infection protocol is a good idea because if you get yeah. knocked out with the flu or knocked out with some other infections, that can uh, take you out for a couple of weeks and it's not enjoyable. Hmm. So we uh, recently ha released the uh, COVID and respiratory infections report, basically how you can biohack that essentially. Hmm. What you can, how, how you can have more targeted biohacks related to that rather than just in general, you know, boosting your immune system. Yeah, 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 I totally agree with you on that. Uh, the, the kind of the best solution or the best health hack for you is that is the most suitable for your genetics and uh, your situation and so on. So these uh, kind of mainstream like recommendations and uh, the RDAs and whatnot, or all these different advice, they always tend to apply to like this mass, massive amount of people, people that don't necessarily kind of apply to you. So you have to kind of know what is making, what is the unique aspect for your metabolism and uh, what are kind of the prerequisites you have to take in mind. So yeah, the you know, development of science just enables us to have just more this personalized approach to everything we do, which itself is, is like a more accurate way of going about it rather than just you know, going blindfold. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And you can take any, um, you can take any topic within health and really break it down 
by genetics. So you, you can see, for example, first of all, you could see big picture. Just looking at the big picture, you could see somebody would take one supplement or do one diet or do one thing and have one experience and someone else has a completely different experience, right? That's why everyone has different opinions about things because uh, they're, you know, they have different experiences as well. It's one of the reasons. But even drilling in deeper, if we, let's say, take metabolic health, I know you're interested in metabolic health. If you break it down into the biochemistry of it, every aspect of the biochemistry is basically controlled by genes. And there's variations in all the key uh, biochemical aspects that change what the specific biochemistry does. So, for example, right now we're releasing a weight report. And we also have a metabolic health section, actually, on the personalized genetics blog. And, you know, if, if, if you look at, let's say, for example, weight, right? You could, like, I, I can just give you a list of some genes that are involved with weight. And you would realize that, hey, that is involved with weight. And these are genes, right? And so it would make sense that they're involved in weight. For example, leptin receptor. We know leptin resistance is uh, related to being overweight. Uh, we know that there's interrelations between the serotonin receptors and weight. So uh, serotonin 2C receptor and weight, uh, th that shows that there's a relationship. We have an adiponectin gene. Uh, the uncoupling proteins have genes that are associated with weight the UCP3 and 2, mm -hmm. and uh, you know about those. And then there's also different parts of the pathway, like the leptin receptor. Uh, you know, it's also STAT3 pathway. And then there's uh, various circadian genes, like PER2 and CLOCK. And see, basically, no matter, um, you know, really, there's a long list of things that, um, uh, you know, there's BDNF, there's various cytokines and inflammatory uh, aspects, uh, but basically any kind of, you know, metabolic process is going to have genetic variants and these genetic variants are going to change based on your specific variation. Pretty much all the pathways, every, every gene has variations pretty much that change based, you know, within the population, either the expression is increased or decreased or some post-processing of the protein is, is changed or something like that. And, um, you know, and so as time goes on, there's more and more studies that are going through that and telling you what is happening with this gene. Now, the lucky thing that we have is that we can look at the genetic, the biochemical pathway and then give more tailored solutions based on that. Mm -hmm. So if we see, for example, uh, various autophagy-related genes are an issue, right? I know you're, mm -hmm. you're, you know, there's a lot of genes that are related to autophagy. There's a lot of ways to increase autophagy and some could be more specific than others too. They can target different biochemical pathways a little more, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some general uh, good common sense uh, autophagy approaches uh, that, you know, there's some, there's some good ideas related to that, but let's yeah. say, um, but pretty much anything, there's going to be, you know, uh, things that are, are related to it. So, like, there could be specific ways to make you more leptin sensitive. And if your leptin receptor is a problem and you have a weight problem, then that's something uh, you want to, you, you realize is 
is contributing in some way to your weight issue. Yeah, now, yeah. there's many factors related to that. So um, it doesn't mean that all your issues are from this leptin receptor, right? It also has to do with other genes and it also has to do with a bunch of other factors. But this gene, if you're having a variation that's, that's associated with weight gain that has to do with a critical system, it's likely that it's contributing to the issue at hand. Hmm. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a good example, but for example, let's say uh, someone who has certain genetic predisposition to like some, uh, let's say, you know, stress or something, then for them doing some intermittent fasting may not be the best solution. And if they want to like or and simultaneously they have like uh, some deficiencies in autophagy genes then they could kind of biohack it in a way that they can promote autophagy with more like exercise or sauna that aren't necessarily as stressful as fasting so you can just you know get more information about your particular circumstance and uh, then like also um, use different way different strategies or kind of tailor those strategies uh, for yourself and uh, see how it's going to affect your uh, like long-term health Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's, um, there's all these ways that you can tweak, you know, different, whatever the biochemical pathway is weak for you. And then, um, and that allows you to, you know, get a better idea of how you should biohack yourself, yeah. uh, based on what topic you're most interested in. Yeah. So did you uh, have any like revelations when you fixed your own health issues in terms of uh, your genetics or did you change something based upon the things that you learned? Yeah, so um, because I was looking at my genetics a lot and I started to learn very interesting things from it, that's why I started self-decode essentially because I realized that, hey, you know, there's all this, there's basically this blueprint in my body and our software is basically telling you what the blueprint is, right? It's, it's giving you, instead of looking at like, ones and zeros <laughs> you know it's like basically like <laughs> if you think about it you know there's like uh there's there's this apple you know and, and then there's microsoft uh that that basically converts ones and zeros into the operating system that you use right mm -hmm. essentially your genetics is is four letters right and you just have like random numbers with four letters uh you know two letters per random point of mm -hmm. in your genome and what we're doing is we're, take, we're, we're, we're given software that basically is an operating system for your genetic data. Mm -hmm. And so when I was looking at it, I was looking at the ones and zeros. And even just looking at the ones and zeros, I was able to cobble together some interesting information. But really, it was very limited because it's very hard to like read uh, you know, 10,000, 20,000 studies and, and look at each variation in your text file and like just keep on like looking and you know and there's mm -hmm. many different variations within a gene too yeah. so that's another issue right so you really need like a, an operating system a software and now you know the operating system is just software you need software to make sense of yeah. what is going on so before I um, I was getting help already when I was just looking at, you know, the, the ones and zeros and I realized like, Hey, if I can make an operating system for this, then I could even understand more, not only about myself, but other people can help themselves as well. And so that's when I, 
that's when I, uh, you know, I started to, it was a very uh, gradual process. I made like a very simple program. It's like, here are the snips I'm most interested in. And it just kept on growing from there. And as time went on, I gained more and more information from uh, self-decode essentially, right? So, uh, you know, basically in my biohacking journey, <clears throat> there's always things you want to improve, right? There's always things I want to improve at least. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's different every year. Maybe uh, this year it's like I want to, you know, strengthen my immune system and I want to protect myself against COVID. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe one year if, I'm, if it's a particularly stressful year, I want to improve my mood. Maybe another year if, uh, you know, if I have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, cognitive demand, I want to improve my cognitive function. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if it's, you know, a nothing year, um, you know, I just want to like live longer and improve my longevity. So for me, every year there's like different things I want to do. Um, sometimes maybe if, you know, if I'm eating a bad diet and my gut starts acting up, you know, and I get some gut inflammation, I'm going to want to fix that. Or maybe if, uh, you know, if I'm, my sleep isn't so great uh, at, at some period, I'm going to want to fix that. And so what I find is for me personally, my interests change over time. Like I'll, I'll fix something and then that, that's good. And then something happens in my environment, whatever, maybe I move or something else and my lifestyle changes. And now I want to be better at something else, right? Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm learning yeah. a language. Maybe I want my memory to improve. And that's, yeah. you know, that's not something necessarily that I would have cared about before so much. Hmm. So, uh, for me personally, so, you know, we're building, we, we built reports around all these topics essentially. And, uh, but for me personally, you know, when I've been helped in so many ways, whether it's improving my mood, so, and I, and I found genes within each topic that are, that were causing, you know, various effects. For example, I know with my gut inflammation, there's uh, various genes that are problematic for me that I have to, you know, that, that, are, that were good that I uh, figured them out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and same with uh, mood and things like that. And so there was the cannabinoid receptors that actually was really important um, for figuring out the, my food sensitivities that I realized that it uh, was caused by, in part by the cannabinoid system. And, uh, and, and, and that's because of the, and the, the genes. Um, there was, you know, there was a vasopressin gene that was influencing uh, different things that, that was really interesting. Um, there was, um, but yeah, in, in the mood report, I, I saw serotonin-related genes and I was able to improve my mood in a more specific way that way. So there were things that I would, you know, if you told me like, okay, um, how am I going to improve my mood? I can say, okay, um, there's, you know, I'll, let me try these things. But when you look at your genetics, you're able to see more specifically like, okay, this is a lot of serotonin genes coming up. And what we do is we prioritize the recommendations based on all the genes. And we make sure that those recommendations are also good for whatever topic you're interested in, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not going to recommend something that has nothing to do with mood, even if it benefits a gene, right? right. Because, you know, we want to make sure that it's benefiting the whole system as well. 
we're basically taking a holistic approach where, and, and I think that's really important with genetics. And I think that's a big problem with other companies. Um, any company that gives recommendations doesn't really take a holistic approach. So they'll mm -hmm. say like, oh, you have this problem with this gene. Here's a way to fix this gene. The problem is, is that the, what, the, what a holistic approach does is it says, we can't figure out for sure if this thing is going to work and fix this gene, or even if the problem is from this gene. But what we do know is that this thing is good for this, your system related to mood, and it also improves this gene. Mm -hmm. So if it's doing that with many genes, then it should probably be prioritized into your regimen and something you should try out and see if it works for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, what, you know, because uh, in a good way, or like it's a good thing that your genetics doesn't change. <laughs> like uh, you can, <laughs> you can, you, you, you can always look back at your genetics and try to change your lifestyle. Uh, if you want to change something or achieve certain results, you know, whether that be related to body composition or longevity or like you said, cognition and those sort of things. So you can always, you can do it, you can do your genetics once and kind of have this reference for the rest of your life and look back at it and see, you know, what, 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 what needs to change. That's, that's the perfect way of saying it. You do it, you do it once. And as opposed to like, what have you learned from your genetics? It's what do I keep on learning from my genetics? You know, people who work for Self-Decode, like we release these personalized blogs every day and, you know, and they're reading them for different purposes, whether it's marketing or something else. And they're just like constantly gaining new information about themselves, about their body blueprint, right? And so mm -hmm. genetics is something that it's, it's your, you know, it's your hardware, right? Yeah. And it's your, you know, it's, this is your blueprint, it's your hardware, and all your inputs, like your environment, your diet, your supplements, these are kind of the software. The software can change, you know, the hardware you're not going to change. You're not going to change your genes. They're always the same. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is you can change the expression in different ways. Like the things that you're doing, obviously that your, your genes are expressing themselves differently as they interact with the environment, right? Because you, let's say someone has a mood problem. They weren't born with a mood problem for day, from day one. Something happened, right? And then at some point they got it. Usually they get older, whatever it is. They can try different things. So basically, you know, it, it's, it's the hardware and how it relates to the software, the, the environment, and what we're doing is we're saying, okay, we understand what your hardware is. Here's your hardware. Based on this hardware, here's how, here's the right software to optimize your hardware. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's what it's all about is, is trying to get, and, and there's always new software coming out, right? There's new information. There's new, uh, the, 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 that's the great thing about genetics is it, it, it's, even though we know already all the hardware, and that's not changing. The software is always getting better. The information is always getting better. Mm -hmm. And we're learning new things every day. And I think that when it comes to, you know, when it comes to uh, biohacking or trying to improve your health or doing anything, really, if you don't know your blueprint, you're really like trying to, you know, you're trying to, you're walking in a city without a blueprint, you know, without a map. <laughs> 
Yeah. It, that's that's how I see it. You know, you're trying to build a house without a blueprint. You're trying to like refer. You know, you're trying to decorate without a blueprint or whatever. You know, you're you're trying to get somewhere without a map. That's really yeah. what it is. It's a map. Here's the map of your body, and you know, uh, and and the thing is, is that the map is really complex, right? Imagine getting a whole map of the whole globe, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, figure out where to go now. You have to zoom in to what you're interested in, right? So it's like, well, I can't figure out where to go if I'm looking at Earth from space. Yeah. But I can figure out where to go if I zoom into the particular city that I'm in. And so that's basically what we do. That's how we break things up also. So we don't just say like, here's, uh, okay, here's your globe. Um, you know, here's the recommendations, right? What we say is, what are, your in- what are you interested in, right? Once you're interested in a very particular topic like mood, COVID, you know, longevity, whatever it is, then we could say, okay, here's the genes. Here are all the genes related to that. Here are your genes, right? Here's the ones that you need to be concerned about. And then here's the things, here's the way to improve these genes in addition to uh, general good practices, general good methods of improving this area, this topic. Right. Yeah, it's a perfect analogy, the hardware and software. So, yeah, the hardware stays the same and the software needs to be updated every once in a while. Uh, every day it's being updated. You know, every yeah. time they publish a new study, that's new information uh, for your hardware. It's all related to you also. I mean, like, think of any topic is related to you. I mean, some, the only question is what is most, what are you most interested in at this point in time? And it's usually something that you're dealing with you know, you can't think about like, um, oh, you know, I've got this wrist gene for Hodgkin's lymphoma and, you know, I'm mm-hmm. going to do this whole regimen, whatever. That's not how it works, right? You got to deal with what you're dealing with right now. What do you want to improve right now? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a disease. It could be something you want to improve. It could be already be healthy or it could be, you know, something that um, maybe doctors can't figure out. And you know, that that's another thing. Also, sometimes when you don't know what's going on, you look at your blueprint and it can give you some ideas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, I think currently, like a lot of people are, uh, you know, concerned about their immune system and uh, especially the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, you also have like, you've also done like a lot of research about this and you know, on both self-hacked and self-decoded. So, uh, Maybe let's talk about first, like, uh, what have you, you know, found out, or what's what's the current state of knowledge about uh, SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19, and then also like, what are maybe some of the genetic predispositions people, uh, or like, who who are genetically more predisposed to getting infected with it or suffering some more like severe symptoms? Right. So when it comes to uh, COVID and SARS-CoV-2, there's a couple things that you want to know. There's one is the likelihood of getting infected. Right, and that's one topic, and we have uh, you know posts about that. Meaning, like, basically, you get infected through certain, you know, the, every virus has a way that they get into cells. And in SARS-CoV-2, it happens to be ACE2 receptor, you know, and so the ACE2 receptor has very important functions regularly, but basically, they're able to hijack this receptor. With other receptor, you know, with other things as well, like TMPRSS, and they're able to get into the cell. 
So your body's kind of like a castle. It has different defenses, but there's, there's, you know, there's ways sometimes the enemy can find this sneaky method. You know, they get in through the plumbing system, whereas you need a plumbing system, right? But they, they get in through specific pipes that they found a weakness. And sometimes they bring, they have the help of other aspects, right? They bring in the engineers and something. So there's, there's, you know, they might have like help from someone internally within the castle. Right. Uh, so you know, the, the same thing happens with these viruses. They, uh, they can recruit other parts of your immune system to help them. Uh, they have to exploit vulnerabilities in certain receptors in order to enter cells. And just like everything else, there's, you know, there's a variation within the population of every receptor, right? It's, it's whether it's increased expression, decreased expression, and so this ACE2 receptor uh, has different, you know, uh, has different variations attached to it. And so does TMPRSS, which is kind of goes together with that often. And so those, those are the two most popular genes. And then there's others related to, uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, susceptibility to the infection. But then you have uh, severity of the infection. There are some genes related to that. And then, then you have genes related to how good of an antiviral response you have, mm-hmm. right, against various coronaviruses. There's some general antiviral responses such as MX1. And uh, these are kind of like, you know, OAS1 as well. These are, you know, it's, you know, you're not expected to necessarily remember the name, but the point is, is mm-hmm. that, these are kind of like frontline soldiers when the, the you know when when your castle is invaded, these come along and try to rebuff the attack, right? And uh, so yeah, there's there's that, uh, and then most importantly is the cytokine storm. So luckily, yeah. there's a lot of research related to cytokine storms and uh, respiratory distress. And the reason this is important is because even if you don't get COVID or you get something else, you might have a, an exaggerated response to it. And so even one out of a thousand people die from the flu. Usually they're weaker, older, whatever. But it's really similar with COVID because, you know, who is dying from COVID? Generally the older, weaker population. It is worse in some ways than, the, you know, in various ways than, than the flu, but Respiratory infections overall are one of the top killers, top 10 killers in the United States. And that's before mm. COVID. So yeah. right now COVID adds to that burden. And, um, you know, sometimes you see in some countries, the lockdown actually uh, increased, you know, it improved, it, you know, there was less deaths. And the reason is because, you know, a lot of, they're, they're not getting other infections too if people are isolating. Yeah, and there's other causes as well, maybe car accidents or whatever. But uh, essentially, you know, uh, infections are a big problem in in the world, and there's a lot of people that die from infections. And it's something I didn't really appreciate until doing more research. And you see that, you know, respiratory infections, pneumonia, different kinds of infections uh, kill people. Yeah. And uh, my my dad actually died from an infection. He had pneumonia oh. and he died. Yeah, there's oh. people. There's people. He wasn't even that old. He was 66. He didn't really um, take care of his health as much as he should. And, um, you know, and, and he wasn't that old. But mm. now we have a disease that is basically doing, you know, it, it's more damaging, it seems, 
um, how much more we don't 100% know, but essentially it's adding to the infectious disease burden. So that's why we call, called the report COVID-19 and respiratory infections because there's really, it's, it's a respiratory infection burden that COVID is adding to. Now, when it comes to these respiratory infections, including COVID, the biggest issue is the cytokine storms. So basically the virus attacks the body um, and if the viral load gets too high, and that's because your initial defense system is not is 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 uh, weak, let's say. Um, you know, and even before that, let's start with uh, so. You know, let's say you get one virus particle, you probably won't end up with COVID. There's virus particles all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that, however, after you know, if you're susceptible, then a certain number of virus par- viral particles are more likely to enter into the cells, and then cause an infection. Yeah, that's essentially how it works. So there's there's the uh, susceptibility, and then there's the uh, severity based on you know you have antiviral genes and whatnot, and then you have the complications, which is the cytokine storms, and that's basically when you know uh, the castle is just pulling all stops they're 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 just firebombing themselves essentially and hoping the enemy you know you know the the, they're destroying the enemy and they're destroying their themselves as well you know um and and, you know it's basically friendly fire you know whenever you you, you, if you you know there's wars that there's a lot of friendly fire in um but essentially that's what it is uh whereas you have all these inflammatory cytokines and other inflammatory agents that you know if you have the variations they can get they can uh increase too much and go overboard and so mm-hmm. and and now they're doing more harm than good because you just have this uh cytokine storm it's like all of a sudden a fire breaks out and it's not even, it's it's an uncontrollable fire you just meant to like you know uh put a fire around the uh castle you didn't mean to burn the whole castle down mm-hmm um so essentially you know it's it's becoming this uh fire that's in certain people if they're you know if their inflammation is already a little high and they have these genetic variants and they're they're genetically susceptible it can cause you know an an excess reaction and that's when uh complications can occur Hmm. essentially yeah so the biggest kind of uh let's say people think people should look out for are like if they are predisposed to sort of like higher inflammation or if they have like uh deficiencies in anti-inflammatory you know defense mechanisms like uh, i don't know glutathione and ampk and those things that are like antiviral and uh, anti-infectious so they with that information they can just be aware of that you know maybe i won't go into like big public spaces because i'm more like susceptible of catching an uh, say the um the viral overload and therefore also you know suffering more from it yes yeah, so when it comes to that stuff there, there are some things like that like general stuff like glutathione but when it comes to uh the genes there's actually other antiviral genes for example that you know that that are more specific against different infections but yeah there's, there's antiviral genes and then there's genes that uh you know even if you don't seemingly have inflammation uh, there's genes like interleukin-6 and other, um, you know, IL-17. Um, that's kind of like with TH17 dominance. But 
basically you have a whole bunch of inflammatory cytokines, inflammatory pathways that can ignite. And the trick is to see where your weak points are within these areas. Now, genetics is not the best way to come up with your overall risk, right? And the reason is because even if you take something like age, right? We know that if you're three years old or five years old versus 100 years old, you have the same genetics, but your risk is dramatically different. It could be a thousand times different. And that's because there's, you know, the body does accumulate damage over time and it's just not working as well. And, you know, there's more inflammation and whatever. There's different things going on. You know, there's less stem cells. So the body's not repairing itself as much. Whatever the case is, you know, you can't really determine risk based on genetics alone. Right. You, know, you can maybe have, you know, it can maybe contribute in some some way, depending on the topic, how much. But that's why we what we have is we have a COVID risk assessment as well. And this COVID risk assessment basically tells you your risk of being of dying or getting hospitalized based on you know similar studies of what the rates were based on age and other lifestyle factors, diseases, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what we use more. If you want to know the risk, we would, you know, I, I, I like to use that more. That's more accurate rather than uh, looking at the genetic risks, right? So right. The genetic risks, you can have high genetic risks, but if you're young, your actual risk is not going to be very high. Right. Remember, the genetics doesn't change. Whether you're three or 103, you know, your genetics are going to be the same, but your risk is going to be completely different. Right. So the epigenetics is uh, more important uh, kind of in determining the final uh, result. Yeah. And that's what we try to do with the genetics. We're not trying to determine the risk. We're trying to determine what the weak points are and how to strengthen those weak points. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's less so to determine what your risk is of something, generally speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with COVID especially, we don't know all the genes related to it because it's so new but what we can do is we can say here's the topic here's the weak points that are uh you know that that you have and you know with with this knowledge it's you know you can use this knowledge to help prioritize uh, some kind of regimen to improve your immune system uh you know live healthier and uh do it in a way that's a little more targeted to um to th- this topic that you're interested in right yeah yeah and you know a good example would also be like you know if you are predisposed to like depression or some you know ser- serotonin deficiency then you can also be more susceptible to you know suffering some uh, anxiety or mental disorder during a lockdown or even like suicide so like that's a that's another one of those <laughs> hidden killers of the pandemic that a lot of people are committing suicide or they're, you know, some other form of mental disorder that is, isn't viral at all, but it's affecting the still, still the person uh, on a, like a different way. Yeah. I think that's really important. You know, there's a, you know, the lockdowns are, uh, you know, can make it a lot harder for people's mood and it's, it's really changing the world in a lot of ways. And I think um, that is very important is like, to really, you know, to see 
where your weak points in the mood and maybe you're not in a you know maybe you're in a good mood when everything's good in your life right but then when stuff are not so good you still want to be in a good mood and so that's where finding the weak points are and then you know doing some experiments getting them prioritized and then seeing which ones you know work for you in practice but um you know you need that prioritized list and you also need some leads essentially where do you start and also like why is this good for me you know what what's the what's the logic why this would be good we're not you know we're not just saying take this we're saying here's the reasons why it would you know it could be good for you mm -hmm. yeah definitely uh, what about uh, some what what you know we also by now we know that uh, there are certain comorbidities that uh, affect covid-19 in a negative way like the people who suffer most severe symptoms or die from it have things like hypertension diabetes obesity insulin resistance those sort of things so how can how can people use uh, that uh, the genetic information to assess those risks as well so that's a really good point basically uh somebody has to decide like okay so now you, you have to check like let's say you have a, a risk factor let's say uh you have metabolic problems your beasts whatever it is uh one of the most important things would, would be to reduce that risk factor in order to reduce the risk from covid or any other respiratory infections really these are you know, these are risk factors for a lot of things, right? If you have diabetes, it's just a risk factor for dying from any cause, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> it's just like, these are, these are risk factors for, uh, for you know, the, the, a lot of the things for, that are risk factors for COVID are just risk factors for life, just make you more likely to die. Uh, so number one is really to look at those risk factors too. And... Uh, you know, in addition to, let's say, getting some COVID-specific information, you want to definitely look at the risk factors that you're dealing with. And if you're dealing with, um, you know, obesity, then you want to look at our weight report and, um, and look at ways to lose weight that are, you know, that, that are more fitted to your blueprint, right, based on your genetics. And so... Um, yeah, it all depends on like, you know, the COVID could impact a lot of things. It could, the risk, you know, if you have high blood sugar, you also want to check out uh, which diet is the best diet for you based on that. And so we're actively actually working on the uh, weight and diet reports. Um, the weight report should be out, uh, you know, uh, either after, uh, soon after when this podcast is published or soon after. and. Um, Essentially, I mean, we already have the personalized blog posts. You could already look at it. Already tells you here's the genes that are uh, causing weight problems. If you already, you know, if you have weight problems, if you don't have weight problems, everyone has genes for that are negative in some way. Nobody just has perfect genes, and the reason is because there's often trade-offs as well. Like something that could be good for uh, losing weight might be bad for you know might increase anxiety. Hmm. Sometimes you have trade-offs when it comes to genes and what you need to do is you need to see what is the issue that i'm dealing with right now what's my most important issue what's my most important health issue if your most important health issue is weight then you got to get that under control and using your blueprint and a map as a guide is always a smart thing right yeah um and it's the same like let's say with gut inflammation 
you know, the immune system is very, uh, the gut is really, is one of the most important aspects of the immune system. If your gut is not working, then your immune system will also not be working. So that's something you want to fix, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, pretty much anything down the line, if you have a cardiovascular issue, that's something you want to, you know, make sure that you're taking care of and you're optimizing your cardiovascular health. Because, you know, if you really have like a bunch of cardiovascular issues, you, the, the rate of death from COVID spikes, goes yeah. up like crazy. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, it's very important to look at uh, any kind of comorbidity and, and try to take care of that. And using your genetics as a blueprint is always a, is, is a good idea in my, uh, in my view. And, um, you know, and also looking at uh, specific genes related to COVID and also taking a risk assessment, see, is, you know, and the risk assessment you can get on the selfdecode.com homepage, but essentially uh, taking that, taking these uh, assessments, uh, that, that will tell you what your risk is for hospitalization and death. And, you know, maybe you don't need, need to worry about it that much, but you still, if you're overweight, you still want to take care of your weight. Because even if you're not going to uh, get a, you know, even if it's not going, even if you might not die from COVID because maybe you're overweight and like 20 years old, probably mm. not going to die from COVID, very unlikely. But if you're 20 years old and overweight, you want to, you know, you want to just get healthier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or if you true. have gut inflammation or anything else. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like vitamin D specifically is also very linked to uh, negative outcomes. Yeah, right. So um, low vitamin D, because actually vitamin D uh, relates to a lot of genetics that we deal with in the COVID report and the blog post. Essentially, like vitamin D relates to a lot of areas where it could, you know, have complications or other things. And so vitamin D, zinc are some generally good recommendations. Um, but, you, you know, it, it's you still want the blueprint to see where it is on your priority list if mm. you know if, if you especially need it yeah yeah like while you were talking i actually went to my self decode dashboard and i took the uh covid19 report <laughs> so uh, it does say to me that i should pay more attention to like uh, vitamin d and the zinc specifically so i can share my screen as well maybe sure i have it open up here uh yeah, there we go. Can you see it? Yeah. All right. So this is the summary, and it says that based upon my S&P data, my infection risk is relatively higher than average, and my disease outcome is also relatively higher than average of severe but complications. In, in your case, I wouldn't worry just because you're relatively young. So if you take the yeah. risk assessment that we have, um, you'll see that your risk, your your actual risk is probably going to be quite low yeah, yeah. if you have comorbidities or anything but it doesn't seem like it yeah totally like uh uh i'm not so like worried about it either and i i don't remember the last time i was sick so like my immune system is you know working really well and i'm right. healthy so yeah it's just uh the genetics aren't gonna be like your destiny <laughs> and they no absolutely the, not. the lifestyle itself and all the actual results of the actual biomarkers yeah, yeah. And, and there's no way to tell that with the genetics, right? If you're taking, if you're doing all these things to improve your health, your actual risk is going to be extremely low, yeah. even if your genetic risk is somewhat higher. Yeah. 
So I'm just going through some of you know the, what it looks like. The report is really comprehensive and all the links and all the studies to different specific genes and specific uh, markers that we talked about, like IL-10. Uh, then we had you know IL-2. And yeah, all this you know comprehensive data about everything. So yeah, it's uh, quite quite amazing uh, reading for people to look into. And here we have all the specific SMP SNPs. Uh, and there's the references too. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, awesome, awesome stuff. And in the end, there's like the conclusions that you should do. Like for me, it's gonna be make sure I'm getting enough zinc, uh, make sure I get enough natural sunlight for optimal vitamin D. I should consider curcumin supplementation, uh, consider supplementing with black seed oil, make sure I get adequate exercise, try adding a probiotic supplement, uh, try increase my consumption of garlic and uh, ginseng, and I consider doing like a Mediterranean diet and uh, adding a properly supplement to my daily regime. So yeah, it's really comprehensive stuff. And uh, (laughs) this is check out. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the look. uh, Click on the self decode tab. Yeah. And uh, go to the personalized genetics blog. I'll show you something else that's really cool. This this is basically allows you to screen. uh, So let's say what category are you interested in? Check a category. Okay. If you see post categories on top next to the house. Okay. Uh, Let's say cardiovascular. Okay, so we haven't we have a report on this, but uh, this is probably one of the you know. So basically, it it uh, shows you which genes you have to worry about, which genes you know you might want to read about, and which genes you don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. So you you have to worry about PON one as it relates to your cardiovascular health, right? And uh, basically, you can you click on the gene. And uh, you could go down if you want to just scroll through it. You can, you know, you could see the uh, summaries here. The PON one gene codes for this, okay? Mm-hmm. And you could go down, and then there's a personalized element. This blue box here, go up, mm-hmm. go up, no, no, go up a little. Yeah, that blue box that basically is personalized for your, uh, based on your genes. Mm-hmm. So that's where some of the personalized content comes in. The face, the sad face is also personalized, of course. Yeah. And so it's saying based on your PON1 gene, it's increasing your risk. And then it's saying, here's the ways to improve your PON1 gene. Yeah. It's giving you the SNPs involved. Um, and, it, you know, it shows you uh, obviously yeah. all the studies. So, all this, the so basically, this is your blueprint. And then, you know, it's worth telling you. Here's here's uh here's the lifestyle. Here's the software that you want to implement to fix that. Now, if you go to other categories, have way more uh you know way more posts involved. So you, you let's say you go to gut health or something. Um, let's see. Okay, so now you see and uh, uh, click on the um, click. Uh, you see where it says sort by score. Yeah. Uh, click on the card view. No, 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 no. It could still be uh, that one, right? Yeah, that one right there. So that's that sorts it all uh, very neatly for you. So yeah. now you can look at all the ones related to gut inflammation. Wow. And again, everyone's going to have some related to gut inflammation. That's yeah. not the question. The only thing is, if you already have gut inflammation, 
then uh, it's important basically to look at these genes because these are going to be the ones that are most impacting that. Mm-hmm. And like we said, you know, you can have genes for anything, but they might not express because you're already living in a very healthy way or you're right. young or whatever the, or, you know, maybe you didn't get, you know, something is whatever. But um, if you have a problem, then, you know, if you have gut inflammation, then you know, like, okay, these genes are contributing to this. So if you want to live longer here, these are your longevity genes, right? Okay. Um, and basically these are the, these, the ones that have the red face are the longevity genes that are basically causing you to live less long. Now you could still live very long because you're doing a lot of healthy stuff, but this is going to teach you how to be more specific about your regimen. If you, if that's your main goal, right? If that's Mm -hmm. your goal that you want to do, uh, then you, you look at, you can look at these genes and be like, Oh wow. You know, so here are my weak points in my body and here's how I can fix them. And you're probably doing a lot of these things anyway, but it's always good to know your blueprint. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For example, like if a person has a sirtuin gene or like a bad sirtuin gene, then they can do things that promote sirtuins like some fasting exercise and uh, eating like polyphenols and those things. Or if they have like a bad IGF-1 gene, then they have to be more mindful of, I don't know, carbs and proteins and those sort of things. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then it's just all of them. They have, it's the same way, you know, GPX one is, you know, glutathione, uh, you know, pon one is, you know, you might need to be careful of toxins or there's a lot of healthy foods that in, improve pon one. There's the VDR, the vitamin D receptor. And then there's a couple of cholesterol related genes that I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, TERT is related to telomeres. Uh, there's you have two of them that are related. Uh, one is related to taste perception. Interesting. But yeah, essentially, uh, you know, a lot of these things, um, these, you know, we're showing you what, and it's, it's uh, ranked based on the number one. So the number one is the most thing important. is, let's say, you know, maybe IGF-1 receptor or something like that. But in general, whenever you see a red face, that's something uh, that's high priority to read, especially for a given topic. So, it's actually not that much when you think about it. We already we're already taking the most important genes, and then we're uh, you know uh, we're showing you which ones are most relevant for a specific topic, and then all you need to do is read those 10, 15 posts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead of reading like you know some massive blog, you're reading things that are very uh, just related to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Like the complete layout is very user-friendly and <laughs> i i got access to it like today and uh, already basically knew how to navigate it very easily so it's yeah, really neat and uh, very easily done and all the reports are also re- you know, generated within minutes so you don't have to wait <laughs> for like hours like i literally took the covid19 report a few minutes <laughs> beforehand so yeah it's uh, really fast you just have to have you have to have your uh, your uh, you know, DNA file or your DNA results. Exactly. And if you, well, if you don't have it, by the way, we we actually offer a kit that's uh, better than 23andMe's kit. <laughs> we have more SNPs involved. Um, so it's yeah. a similar thing. Uh, you know, you could also download it and uh, you can upload it to other sites if you wanted. But essentially, the, we don't really make a profit on it. The, the main reason we offer it is just because a lot of people 
don't want to take 23 me kits for privacy reasons mm. and uh, we don't sell people's data. So yeah. you know, if you, if, if people are concerned about that, we offer our own kits that are basically better. 23 me also hides variants because they only want it for themselves. Um, but yeah. And, uh, we're actually doing something also that's going to increase the number of variants that you have with bioinformatic analysis. So instead of having, let's say, we have, I, th I think the chip has around 700,000 SNPs. And again, it's, it's similar to 23andMe. It just has more, uh, more variants and we don't hide variants. And also it's the privacy thing. That's the, and it's, um, it's the same price. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's essentially why we offer an alternative. But uh, in the future, we're going to be able to take like uh, chips such as ours and 23andMe uh, and amplify them and actually give you more SNPs, which you'll be able to see on our platform. So our yeah. platform currently handles 150 SNPs that have some kind of information. These SNPs are variations in your genome. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so... What, we're, what we have here is really a whole platform, and uh, we're adding a, a lab analyzer to it as well. So you're not only, <clears throat> and we're also adding like symptom checkers. So like, for example, we added the COVID symptom checker. And, um, you know, that basically gives you like, here's my risk of uh, COVID from dying or hospitalization. And then you could look at your genetic information. And then we're, we have labs that are related to COVID as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, awesome. Like, so it's my belief that you really need to look at everything in order to, you know, come away with a complete picture. For sure. And that's what we're providing. We're providing you the labs. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, the lab analyzer is going to be on self decode. Awesome. Uh, you got the genetics, and then we're con we're 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 we started with the symptom, the risk analyzer, and we we're going to have a symptom analyzer. And basically, it's just going to be, you know, creating more of these so that we have, you know, if you, ha if you have a mood problem or whatever the issue is, you know, you can look at not just your genetics, also your labs, also your, you know, uh, risks uh, in general um, based on your symptoms and based on, you know, comorbidities. And you could see different kinds of information. Um, and I think that's really, you know, that, that's just genetics is... is is good, I think, because it's still your blueprint, no matter what. But your lab tests and your symptoms are telling you what's actually happening on the ground, right? Yeah. yeah. You you know, the planet Earth is going to stay the same, but um, you can have like, you know, a city that was developed in a certain way, and it's like here's what's actually happening on the ground right now. Here's, you know. You know, you let's say somebody has gut inflammation. Even if they don't have a high genetic risk, the fact is they, they we know they have gut inflammation. It doesn't yeah. matter what the genetic risk is, or it could be vice versa. They have, you know, um, uh, high genetic risk and they don't have any gut problems, right? They have mm -hmm. high genetic risk for gut inflammation and they have no gut problems. But the important thing is, you know, so we we need to look at the labs. We need to look at your symptoms and the genetics. Even if we didn't have that, the genetics is super, super important that people are not looking at right now and they're just not paying attention to it, which I think is a big mistake. If you're doing any kind of biohacking, I think it fits in neatly with that because 
you know, like I said, it's giving you the blueprint. It's giving you a way to see data that's not ones and zeros, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, bi- I think biohackers and, and other health ent- enthusiasts need that. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're working with clients as well, it's important. Um, you need it in order to help interpret, see what's going on here, right? And, and do it in a, in a very uh, easy way. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, the actual actual lab particular moment is uh, is is very relevant in terms of the final outcome. Like, uh, if you if you it doesn't matter. Like, if you have a low risk of heart disease, if you if you still have like you know high fasting insulin and high triglycerides and those high high cholesterol, those things. So you're kind of uh, still shooting yourself in the foot uh, by doing that, you know, and kind of making you think that you can get away with it if you have like a low risk, but your lifestyle factors are still more important. Correct. Right. Even if if you have uh, low risk for cardiovascular disease, but you're drinking soda all day and you're never exercising, yeah. your genetics can say, hey, you got low risk, but guess what? You know, your labs will tell you something different because they're analyzing what's actually happening right now and your symptoms uh, might or might not tell you something, right? You might not have any cardiovascular issues for some time, but the important thing is that, you know, uh, but you could have something like a weight issue. You could be overweight and that's a symptom of, you know, a risk factor for cardiovascular issues or whatnot. And, uh, you know, so it's very important to in some ways, not overemphasize genetics, but also not underemphasize it and not pay attention to it at all. For sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, what about, you know, a lot of the average person may not be just, you know, that knowledgeable to actually use that data to do something about it. So do you have like any consulting services or something like a coaching program or something as well? So we're going to, uh, we're, we're actually very soon um, going to be implementing a coaching program. Essentially, uh, any practitioner who signs up for the professional plan is going to get a page and be put on our uh, on a central page that connects practitioners to customers. And the idea is that you know um, you know customers really want practitioners, and practitioners want customers. And we're going to be providing like uh, you know educational material to help practitioners be able you know learn how to use the information and you know even like what we just did listening to the podcast it's a lot of interesting information into how you can use genetics what you shouldn't do with genetics right you should not just uh look and say like oh this gene increases this either this supplement increases this gene and therefore i'm going to give this supplement no you want to look at other factors like symptoms labs uh whether the supplement is good for the individual as a whole and we do that as well right we're, we're not giving uh, any recommendations that are just random right that's why we break it down by topics but it is still helpful for a practitioner to be involved in the process because even if we break it down you know we don't it's very you know it's it's you need someone to really work with someone one-on-one sometimes especially if they're not you know, some people are just like, they like to do it themselves and they're like, uh, you know, they want to do it. Other people need a fitness trainer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when it comes to this, you know, they don't have the time to, even this could take some time. It could take five hours. It could take 10 hours. And uh, 
uh, or it depends on what they're trying to do, but it could take some time. It could take, uh, you know, it depends on what they're trying to accomplish. But, um, you know, if they don't really know, if they don't want to read any posts, they just want to like be like, okay, just tell me what to do. You know, uh, the short way is they can like download the report and look at the recommendations. But the problem with that is we don't know their whole situation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to do it right now, but it's going to take a long time to really understand everything about them and then put it together in this cohesive way so for the next uh you know five ten years at least they're going to need somebody to help them with that process and uh even if we did have all the answers i think you need to have someone to talk to anyway to go through it and be like okay have you done this what have you you know um kind of like a therapist also it's like you can talk to yourself but sometimes it's good to have somebody talking to you back. Yeah. <laughs> right? You can exactly. have a fitness trainer. You can go to the gym and train yourself. But sometimes you need someone there to like, you know, give you some tips here and there that you can read in any book. Don't get me wrong. You can read anything in fitness in any book. You can look at videos. But sometimes you're not, you know, you have things, you're busy. So you get a fitness trainer. They they yeah. they show you. You know you're doing this a uh, little wrong. You're you're <laughs> you're lifting this up in the wrong way. Or yeah. like you know I wouldn't pay too much attention to this, right? Um, or like you know that you've got other issues that we want to look at or whatever it is. So I always think it's a good idea to work with someone that's very knowledgeable in these areas. And uh, so we're we're trying to promote that. We don't think that um, we think that would create a better service especially because you're always going to have a lot of people that really just don't want to like even click on anything. They just want to like, just tell me what to do. Right. (laughs) You know? And, um, so that, yeah. So I I think there's, there is a benefit for a lot of people to work with practitioners and we want to put them together. Yeah, for for sure. Definitely. Like, uh, and, uh, yeah, I I believe like a lot of people will, you know, they will be able to, uh, they will be able to uh, tailor their like lifestyle for their own uh, like goals and situation and their genetics. So yeah, it's definitely like good. A lot of potential for people to improve their health and the longevity and uh, whatnot with this information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been great talking with you. So and we're gonna put all the links in the show notes as well for people to check out. Uh, where can people learn more about you and your work? So they can go to uh, selfdecode.com. That is the uh, main thing that I work on these days, meaning self-decode. Um, you know, even self-hacked, we're going to probably combine them in some way. Uh, you know, It's probably going to become, at some point, a membership service with self-decode. So we're, we're combining everything with self-decode. Same with the Laptis Analyzer. It was a completely different company and then we're we uh combined it with self-decode the the software at least okay. right so the software now um it's it's one you know it's one fee for everything and uh that's kind of what we want to do we we want to make this continuous we're, we're making this continuously updating platform um and i you know people in the company i myself we always just come back to it and be like you know, um, hey, uh, let, let me see what's going on here, right? Um, someone in the company had some acne, and she's like, oh, let me just, you know, let me check out what's going on here. Uh, you know, what genes are related to it. She saw her blood tests, uh, let's say testosterone was out of the optimal range. 
on lab test analyzer. So then she looked at the genes related to it and she found that she had this rare gene that increased her testosterone. Mm. So you have a lot of these things that like, you know, things come up, there's new posts every day. Um, you know, and it, it's just, I find it really fascinating that, you know, every day you can read something that is related to your genetics and you can be like, Oh wow, that's how, that's how my body works. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, you're reading a book about you essentially, right? It's uh, you're reading each post is like a, you know, it's a page about you. And I find that fascinating and combining it with the lab tests and, you know, it's just, um, it's just a journey that I keep on going back to and learning more and more about every time I, uh, you know, every time I look up something. Hmm. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Uh, so it's like brings more awareness into your life and, uh, how your body works. Exactly. Hmm. The more awareness, the better. Yeah. Uh, my last question is, uh, what's this one piece of advice or a habit you wish you adopted sooner? That's a good question. I think, um, for me, I wish I would have, I wish I would have done, um, you know, I wish I would have, uh, done a diet sooner that worked for my body. Cause I realized that for me, that was a very big game changer. Having a diet that was not fit for my body. And, um, and yeah, I, I, you know, being able to, being able to, uh, like honing in on the diet really, uh, was important for me. And, you know, luckily now with the genetics, there's genes that, um, can tell you if you are likely to have, you know, if you're more likely to have food sensitivities from lectins or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the cannabinoid one receptor gene was very important for me. Um, I think if I would have, I got into genetics in 2013. I wish I would have gotten into it sooner, actually, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially like diet and using more biohacking with genetics sooner. The only problem was, you know, I, I didn't really have any tools for it. So I don't think I was able to do it. But essentially uh you know diet honing in the right diet and the um, if i would have done that earlier it would have been better yeah mm. yeah that's a good good uh point to end the show with Hill. so it was great talking with you and uh yeah uh looking forward to your future work and uh software <laughs> thanks nice nice talking to you as well yeah